Free Talk Live. You can join us. Dial in here at 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. 603-283-6160. We've got uh, open phones, as always. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. We've got more of the situation that continues to just get more awful in uh, China. Out in Shanghai, there's another story about the people who are trapped outside. We've talked about the people who are trapped inside their homes. What about the apparently thousands of people who aren't allowed to go back home? And I'm not talking about the people that are trapped inside the uh, the, the factories, because we talked about them recently as well. It's a completely separate group of people. They cannot go back indoors. Uh, and we will explain what uh, what that's all about. I mean, that's pretty horrifying. Yeah, it is. Yeah, luckily it's not freezing cold there right now, uh, but we'll, we'll continue with the with that coverage when we get a chance. But we're going to focus here at home, uh, here in the, the United States, where CPI index numbers are not quite out yet, but some are saying they think it's going to actually be down for the month of April. Uh, we'll see about that tomorrow. But meanwhile, gas prices are definitely not down, Aria. You and I both had that story tonight. But first, we're going to go to Sam. He is on the line in Ohio. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, I just saw one of your other co-hosts bring in a topic recently about how they're using, like, pee to make fertilizer. And I thought it was interesting to see that the media is actually finally acknowledging that food price inflation is a thing. Certainly, you're referring to the story that uh, Richie Rich uh, brought in Sunday night, which is essentially that there is a widespread fertilizer shortage, Mm. and people can counter that with human urine. That was the the essence of the article, right? Yes. Okay. So your point is what? that That whatever media source that was, I don't remember where he got it from, they're finally admitting that food inflation is a thing versus the CPI always tries to hide food inflation. I think you're referring to price increases, which is uh, commonly the, the term inflation is used to describe that, but it's ultimately inflation is an increase in the money supply and then prices tend to go up as a result. I haven't seen the media ignoring uh, no, they've been talking about it for years, and th- this was part of the issue that I had with the story that we discussed Sunday night, which was, you know, when when the immigration crackdown began, they told us that you know fields were drying up and dying in California because there weren't enough immigrants to mm-hmm. to tend them and stuff like that, and none of that ever really affected us. And then we heard the same thing last year with Tyson having to slaughter. Millions of pigs because of uh, no competition agreements and stuff like that. And I mean, there was a little bit of a pork shortage for a while, but it wasn't anything severe. Americans throw away massive amounts of food. For sure. I don't think we're going to be anywhere near an actual food shortage for a very long time. And no, I, this I, isn't Venezuela at, at this point, right? Yeah. Like the, the inflation is bad, but it's not 50% bad. I think a lot of what we're hearing about food shortages and all of this stuff, I think it's just fear-mongering from people who don't realize that, you know, instead of just going instead of going hungry, Americans will just throw away less food. Mm. They'll start saving their leftovers a little bit better and actually eating those instead of, you know, cooking a fresh second meal. Yeah, as long as people are still able to go out and eat, then it's not that bad. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, if you can afford to go out to dinner, you're still okay. If you but have to meet at, you know, thought, make, oh, hmm? go ahead. But my thought being that, like, 
that that will cause the inflation number to eventually turn to 20% from things like that. Well, I mean, it may or may not. Like you said, Sam, they do have their ways of keeping the inflation numbers down. They have ways of manipulating those things. And, and people who who have been paying attention to the price of food in a lot of cases know that those numbers do not represent what they're seeing when they're paying at, uh, at checkout. It's higher than, than ever. I mean, that's know. the issue with the fertilizer thing, though, is that they can't recuperate that cost by increasing the cost of food for whatever reason. It is too spread out or something. I, I don't know, but they, they alleged that it was not cost that they could recover by just increasing the price. I don't understand that. I don't either. But that, that was what the article said. Hmm. Sam, thanks for the call tonight, man. Appreciate it. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I, I don't want to make it sound like this is no big deal. I mean, just because I'm saying people aren't going to starve doesn't mean that it's not incredibly difficult for people uh, who are just on the, you know, if you're barely getting the bills paid, if you are barely keeping the power on at your home for whatever reason, that's the, the economic circumstance that you're in, a 10% increase at the grocery store is going to mean serious decisions will have to be made about, you know, whether you can continue buying chicken or, you know, beef or whatever and instead have to go to all ramen or something desperate like that so people are having to deal with this and and then at the same time to have higher gas prices uh that they're also dealing with i mean the the government is putting the pressure on the american people in a way that it hasn't done in our lifetimes i mean certainly i'm not going to go back and say oh this is worse than the great depression because it isn't right but uh and i don't know how soon it could get to that point given the amount of wealth that exists in the United States. To some extent, we can coast on that, but the government continues to print money hand over fist. I mean, it's just, it's not going to get better. Even if, even though they're going to tout supposedly tomorrow, ooh, inflation's down from 8.5% to 8.1%. That's what the leaks are saying it's, it's going to be. Uh, that's still nothing to celebrate. It's probably more about manipulating the data than it is about any actual lowering of the, the money printing going on. I tend to think most Americans won't fall for it, or they'll hear these numbers of like, okay, yeah, that's great, but gas prices are at a record high, and grocery shelves are still empty. It doesn't matter how great your economic numbers are if there's nothing on the store shelves. And again, there's plenty on the store shelves, and there will be for quite some time. Not as much as there was. Right. But there's still plenty. I I did note that there was more milk in the milk section of uh, Market Basket this week than previous week's. But in previous weeks, there have been it's been slim pickings, so it kind of comes and goes in in waves. At least I'm not saying here. it won't suck for people who like really enjoy milk or whatever, yeah. and you know there's no milk on the shelves. I'm not saying that's not going to be unpleasant. Yeah. But you know, they, I don't want to say they can get powdered milk because I know that's you know no real substitute, but. They, they can get powdered milk. Yeah, and, and there uh, we went and looked at this. Uh, there's like a new kind of butcher shop that opened up here in Keene recently, and Bonnie and I went over there today. I'd heard about that. Yeah, it's in the neighborhood. Now, the sad part of the story is it replaced a business that had been around for two and a half decades that died during COVID. So that's, that's, the, op- that's the place, uh, the physical location that it, it took over. 
But uh, we just wanted to go and check it out. And, you know, it's what you might expect. It's a fairly high-end kind of, you know, you're buying local meats and you're paying, oh, twice, nice. as, you're paying twice as much. You yeah, know, but for, it's local. But it is local, yeah. Um, so, you know, we decided to try some some local chicken or whatever. But I, I pointed out to Bonnie, I'm like, this thing's at least two times what you would pay for a, a chicken. And chicken prices are up, right? Like, you're paying way yeah. more for chicken. You're not getting 99-cent-a-pound chicken right now. You're you're paying at Market Basket, uh, which for listeners that don't know, the Market Basket's like a discount retailer. Basically, they they're they're one of those retailers that's good at cutting costs and keeping prices okay. low. Uh, we were there looking at chicken the other day. It's four ninety nine a pound at wow. the major retailer. I remember, you know, not too. Is long this like ago. Tyson chicken? That's like no, this is pumped the with hormones one. and stuff. Okay, yeah, this is the, whatever wherever they get their chicken from, which I don't think it's Tyson. But, no, it, it's uh, probably not. It's, it's probably something that is it's somewhere between your local place that gets all local meat yeah. and you know one of these industrialized mega farms like Tyson. It's probably something in between. Yeah. So I mean, for, before ninety nine a pound, that's that's high compared to just a few years ago. You could easily regular price chicken was two ninety nine a pound, and then you could get it on sale for for even less. So there's definitely been a huge increase in prices at even the lowest price discount grocers. So people have to deal with that. We're going to talk about the gas prices, though, coming up here because they are at a record high. And, you know, it's not really newsworthy when gas prices keep hitting record highs. So at some point, we're going to get tired of seeing this story. But it is still worth pointing out because they're not going in the other direction. No, it's surprising that gas prices are hitting a record high again after, you know, cash is stronger than ever is what they're telling us, right? Yeah, the dollar is so strong right now. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Of course, Bitcoin still uh, at around $31,000, so it's having a tough time right now, uh, although it's still higher than it was two years ago for sure. And we're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us here. Talking about the economy. Gas prices hitting record, new record highs in the United States. Although, apparently not if you adjust for inflation. So, that's worth mentioning. We'll get into that uh, on the way here. The number is 603-283-6160. Tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. We're going to continue with your calls and thoughts. Don't forget, you can join us online anytime you want over at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. Cryptocurrency may be quote unquote down when you compare to. I heard it was dead. When you compare to <laughs> record highs uh, in late November, it's certainly down by 50%, but it's still way up compared to where it started, which was at nothing uh, 13 years ago. So if you want to learn about crypto like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, get over to Bitcoin.com and click Get Started right there at the top of the page and you'll get some introductory videos this is a technology that is going to be with us for a long time not every cryptocurrency is going to be with us forever uh looking at you terra and ust which i had been very excited about in recent months uh seeing that uh, this concept of an algorithmic stable coin meaning that it's a a dollar-based coin that's not actually backed by dollars which was kind of a cool idea well, looks like it's on a what's called a death spiral as we speak. So. It does sound like it. I remember, New, New Bits was never actually a dollar tether. It 
It was pegged to the dollar and it stayed at a dollar or a dollar and one penny for a very long time, but they never promoted. Yeah, they were never like, yeah, this is totally a dollar peg because they didn't Mm. want that liability or whatever. I don't know why they never claimed it, but then it went down and then it just kept going down. (laughs) And it it was useful back in the day. Like if you knew that, you know, Bitcoin was going to go down or whatever, you flip into new bits. Yeah, that was that's the use of a stable coin is to trade without actually touching the actual dollar. Um, so there's a lot we can talk about with the economy, but that's what Stephen wants to talk about in uh, in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live, Stephen. Hey, so I want to talk about um, the gentleman before was talking about food prices. I want to kind of comment on that because it's, sure. it's really scary the way that food prices work right now. Um, a lot of what we do is called future contracts. So uh, restaurants are actually not able to write future contracts anymore, but it used to be like a year or two ago that you would agree with your vendor, Hey, we're going to buy at least this much chicken every week. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be the price. Okay. Right. Um, and that was the agreement. It was a one year contract. And then wow. the vendor would agree on price per chicken mm-hmm. one year at a time. Right. Like they're going to buy the chickens and they're going to kill the chickens and swallow the chickens, but they're going to have a cost that they're going to pay. Right. And this goes all the way back, like it, wherever the cycle begins, it goes all the way there. With produce, it goes back to a chemical compound called urea, right, which is fertilizer. Well, that chemical compound is really important right now because Russia controls most of the urea in the world. Um, and so it sounds like a silly this- business plan to to sell your chicken basically for the next 365 days at a certain price. I mean, what if half your what if half the chickens in the United States get bird flu and die or whatever? Suddenly your chicken is a whole lot more valuable, but you can't charge more because you're locked into this contract. That sounds like a a system that was primed to fail from the beginning as soon as there was any sort of economic hardship. That's that's a bad business plan. It was really popular for restaurants, right? So restaurants would say, "Hey, we're going to buy at least this much chicken. Now, here's where, here's where they make their money. Most restaurants don't last a year. 90% well, mm. sorry, 68% of restaurants don't make it one year. 90% of restaurants don't make it five years. And so in there, there's a clause that says, hey, even if you don't last, you still owe us X amount of dollars. You can either buy the chicken or not, mm-hmm. but we're getting X amount of dollars from you. They can't um, squeeze money out of a business that no longer exists, though. I mean, if the business goes under... True, if they're bankrupt, you're yeah. not getting that money. That's a, that's a good point. You can't squeeze blood yeah, out of a turnip, as they say. But you're going to get their ovens and stuff, and that, that mm. was part of their business model for a while. Um, I see. Yeah. Taking the, taking the assets, liquidating them, and then getting whatever you can. Sounds kind of, of exploitative. So, I'm, again, it, I'm, I'm not sad to hear that this this model is going away. Well, I guess well, the benefit to the business, and I, and I know nobody has talked about this in the past, not in the area of restaurants, but just generally the concept of what's called a futures contract. And I guess the benefit of the biz to the business is they're locking in a certain price, right? So that that way they know they're going to get chicken at X price for the next 365 days. That's the benefit to them, and they know that that's that's a guarantee because it's contractual. Well, they care. They can just increase the prices that they're charging on the menu. I guess they that's what they want for whatever reason. What do you think, Stephen? Why why do businesses care so much about that? So I'll I'll say this, um, and there's a bigger thing I want to get to, but to answer your question. 
Um, if you want to lose your customer base at a restaurant, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead and print new menus every, every month. Week. Yeah. Well, we they're not even that. doing that. Uh, there's an article today on the Drudge Report about how restaurants are now using stickers to yeah. to get around that. Yeah, well, I'm at, uh, we went to, Bunny, I went to a popular restaurant in New Hampshire. It's a chain called Red Arrow. It's a 24-hour diner. Generally, cheap food right you're in a diner uh it's it's pretty good stuff great selection 24 hours you can't beat that but i i noticed on their menu that it was updated in november and then i noticed on their menu that it was updated in april so it's been updated twice in the last six months uh so yeah restaurants are definitely increasing their their rates because even if they locked in their chicken contract they may not have everything else locked in especially what they have to yeah. pay people and and all that yeah like the indian place here in king that takes cryptocurrency they, they got rid of their menus they don't even tell you what the prices are anymore. It's just whatever you order, he tells you what the... Yeah, because the price changes constantly. Right. So, I mean, yeah. what, what's the? there's no benefit in printing out a menu saying, this is how much this costs if you're going to have to print the entire menu again a few days later. Yeah, I get your I get your point, though, Stephen. You're, you're saying rest, restaurant uh, regulars expect a certain price... And they yeah. may, uh, their business may dry up if the price starts going up. That's what you're saying. Well, and we've, we've talked about this in the past. What are the consequences of this? Is the waiter, the wait staff is getting stiffed, mm. right? Because people aren't paying attention to it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so they go, hey, this costs, when we go out, it costs $50. So we're going to leave 70 on the table and the rest is the tip, right? Mm-hmm. And when the, when the plates become $60 and you leave $70, now the tip just went down. Got cut in half, yeah. Um, and so that's one of the things that's happening. But part of the reason that I, I'm so concerned about this is as the future contracts start to just stop, what's going to happen is urea is going to go up on a daily basis, right? It's a fertilizer. It's a common fertilizer. It's mm-hmm. globally used. It's going to go up. Well, when it goes up, all produce goes up, right? And so what I think we're going to see very shortly is we're going to see maybe digital price tags. Like you walk into Walmart, mm. and instead of there being a sticker, there's a little digital display because they're they're not going to be able to sell you green beans at a certain price every day. I remember for a while, for like two or three years, you could buy a can of green beans for 50 cents, and then all of a sudden it, it spiked up to 62 cents, and you go, that's 12 cents. No, it's 24%. Right, what yeah. is going on that there's a 24% increase at once? And I think we're just going to see more and more of this. Until Digital price tag yeah. seems like a no-brainer in a, in a world where inflation is constant. Uh, thank you for the call yeah. tonight. In fact, I believe Kohl's, the clothing store, they've got digital price tags, and they've had them for years. So they're ready for this. Uh, there's more coming up here in moments. You can join us, 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. 
thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us right here. 603-283-6160. We're talking about the money situation, the economy. and Well, we're talking about the uh, fertilizer thing. And, you know, that's got me curious because I've been hearing about it. We heard about it all Sunday night. And mm-hmm. then uh, twice tonight people have called in to talk about it. It's this supposed fertilizer shortage yeah. uh, as a result of Russia. Nothing, none of the numbers that I'm finding substantiate that argument. It sounds like it's just fear. It's, it's a way of continuing Blaming to Putin. blame Russia and Putin for an issue that Putin in the United States. Hike. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. <laughs> I'm looking at the numbers here. The, the United States is the second leading country in production of urea, which okay. is ammonium nitrate fertilizer, apparently. Uh, Russia is number four with... About about 70% of the amount of production that the U.S. has. However, okay. the U.S. is... So I was like, how much does the U.S. actually import from Russia? And Russia isn't even in the top 15. Okay. However, so, okay, so what is the United... Maybe it's other countries that are using Russian uh, fertilizer and we're importing food from them. So where does the U.S. get its food uh, primarily from the United States, also right. from kind of, uh, Canada, Mexico, South France, America. Italy, Singapore, Thailand, United Kingdom, China, Brazil. Yeah. And then there's another category that's probably about 25%. That's, yeah, we're not getting food from Europe. No. And it's 163 countries, presumably Russia somewhere in there. So it just doesn't look to me like the United States is getting any of its food or any of its fertilizer from Russia. Yeah, it definitely in, sounds like fear mongering. In yeah. any meaningful capacity. So it's but that's not to say prices aren't going to go up as we're talking about with the uh, gas prices hitting record uh, raw number highs, according to CNN. I mean, business. that'll drive up the price of food because that food has to be delivered. Correct. It'll drive up the price of everything. Uh, and of course, the price of everything is going to go up because the government continues to print money into the money supply. The national average price for regular gasoline climbed more than four cents to four dollars and thirty seven cents a gallon. This was on Tuesday which knocks out the prior record set in early March of $4.33. The gas spike, which is up $0.17 in the last week alone, will only add to inflationary pressures that have raised recession fears, rocked financial markets, and soured Americans' views on the economy. Uh, Then they just go on, of course, to blame Russia, pointing out that pump prices are up 25% since the invasion. But again, prices were going up since before the invasion, so there's no reason to believe that that actually had any significant effect on this. No, there's every reason to believe that it didn't. I mean, it it hit a peak, it hit a high, and then it went down. The the invasion was ongoing during all of that, during its little dip there when it got down to a whole $4.09 per gallon or whatever it was at. And now it's at a new time high. The invasion didn't leave and then come back, you know? No, it was ongoing. So it's clearly not related to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It's clearly related to something else. 
Uh, although they do point out here, and I'm glad they mentioned this, that gas prices after you adjust for inflation would need to climb above $5.30 per gallon to break the record set in 2008, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. And that's certainly doable. I mean, it's less than a dollar away from where it currently is, so it could happen. You know what, what really amazes me about inflation is that Things adjusted by inflation, that, that, that's old-timey stuff. Like, we look at, you know, how much did a house cost in 1963, and how much is that adjusted for inflation today? You know, and we look at it in this larger scale of, like, across 40 years or 50 years or even 30 years or whatever. But I watched a video today where it was ranking, you know, different gaming consoles in history, and it, they got to the PlayStation Portable, which released, like, what, 15 years ago or something, like, uh-huh. and adjusted for inflation, that's almost like 30% more than what it cost when it initially debuted. It's just in that brief span of time, the actual cost of this good adjusted for inflation is up like 30-something percent just in just within 10 or 15 years. Just it's to like, clarify what you're talking about here, you're saying you were looking at an article about video game systems comparing the original marked price when they came out... To what they would, would cost what, today if it was adjusted for inflation. I see. Okay. And it was about you know video games being more mm-hmm. expensive and stuff like that. Yeah. The article was like, well, really, it's not that bad. They've always been sort of expensive once you adjust for inflation. Mm-hmm. And that was the point of it. And the PlayStation Portable was just one of the examples they used that got my attention because I remember when that what first came out. What was it when out, it came out? I don't recall now. I think it was 199 Okay. And now it's like 270 I don't remember the exact numbers now because, you know, it was an article with like 15 different examples of consoles and games and stuff. I don't remember all of it, but something Which is, is kind of a dumb thing to point out because that... Well, video product, games products would not come out now, right? Like that's a that's a low quality uh, device now compared to what is released today. So I don't. I'm not sure the. It's a strange point to make. It's like the PlayStation Portable isn't going to come out now. Uh, what they can do is they can look at the current systems that are out today, and sure. you can say, oh, well, what's a PlayStation Five cost? I hear they're hard to get, but if if you were to pay whatever the retail manufacturers suggest, well, that's, retail that's exactly. It. You're not going to find it on the manufactured. Manu- the suggested retail price. You got to go on eBay. You can find. Look at the Switch, the yeah. Nintendo Switch. You know what? Even is that those are kind of hard to find. Well, whatever. Well, let's <laughs> presume you can get a damn uh, video game system. And uh, it's important though because the lack of supply makes the price, the actual the, real price, go up. Yeah, it does in the secondary market for like, sure. Like but sure, they, it's two hundred ninety nine dollars at Walmart. But if you actually want a Nintendo Switch, you got to go online. And, yeah, you know, I get, I get what you're saying there, but. Whatever the manufacturer's suggested price is, is what I'm talking about. So if a, if a Switch is $299 uh, bucks today, you go back and you look and see, oh, well, you know, what was the, uh, the Nintendo 64, you know, when it came out, and then you can adjust that for inflation. And I guess that's the point they're trying to make, is $299 for a new system today is cheaper than than it would have been if back in the past or whatever. I guess it was pretty much along those lines. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it just amazed me that, you know, we're talking about the PlayStation Portable, the PSP, which isn't old technology. And we in order to really understand the number of what it how much it cost back then, we have to adjust it for inflation to put it in today's mm-hmm. dollars. Yeah. But today's dollars are just like fifteen years into the future. Right? Mm-hmm. And I do, we don't normally hear adjusting for inflation on that scale of something on the lines of, well, 10 years ago, you know, if you adjust the price of milk for inflation, it's like, but that's just 10 years ago. Is inflation really so out of control? Yes. That, I know. Yeah, but, it is. But people aren't realizing that. They're not stopping to consider, wait a minute, adjusting for inflation is stuff that we do about things that were sold, you know, 50 years ago. Let's not go to the th- phones. I got Mark on the line here. Mark Edge uh, is on Free Talk Live. 
Yeah, I actually wanted to talk about inflation, uh, and I call in, and there you guys are talking about inflation. Well, it's inflation a common uh, discussion these days because it's affecting absolutely everybody, so it's it's a good topic for us. Yeah, the inflation I wanted to talk about specifically was petroleum. Um, it just costs so much more at the pump than it did a couple of years ago. And, you know, like maybe we can blame it on Joe Biden. Maybe we can't. I don't really know. And I don't really care. Um, I do know that I've got to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty bad. And I can control the amount of time that I'm getting in a car. But, um, you know, what I'm thinking I was thinking of was those heating prices up in New Hampshire. Now, New Hampshire doesn't have, for those who live up north, New Hampshire doesn't have much many gas lines, right? These not where uh, the Free Talk Live studios are. And we heat with oil, which is basically... Uh, There's actually a gas here. line running into this uh, this studio. Is there? Is there? When did yeah. that happen? Uh, it's been here forever. There's uh, natural gas lines all throughout Keene. There's a company called NH Gas. Uh, I think they changed their name to Liberty Utilities a few years ago. That's how the water gets heated here at the house. I bet, I bet you're wishing your furnace was running on that stuff these days. Uh, no, that's gone up. Is it? Natural it's gone up. Is a lot more, too? Yeah. Yeah, we've got a propane uh, furnace now here. The old one uh, got replaced a couple of years ago. Well, um, I hope propane's uh, not going Nothing's going to get cheaper, uh, dude. No, I see where you're going, though. Like, yeah. I have to buy, I use heating oil at my house, which yeah. is basically kerosene or diesel. I, I don't know. They're apparently all very similar. Right. And, yep. you know, the minimum... Oil delivery is 100 gallons with most of these places. And right. usually that's like, okay, 300 bucks. That's not horrible. 500. Yeah. Five yeah. freaking yeah. hundred dollars. Minimum delivery. Uh, hold your thoughts here, Mark. We're going to bring you back in moments. The number is 603-283-6160. Yeah, it doesn't matter what fuel we're talking about. I mean, there's no reason why any of them are going to stay put as far as their prices are concerned. Because it's the money printing that's the real problem here. It's not Putin. It's right at the old Federal Reserve and the U.S. federal government. That's where this problem starts. There's more coming up here. You can join us. It's Free Talk Live. talk live phones are open you can join us here the number is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 here in the studio tonight it's ian and aria uh, we were talking about gas prices at once again a new record high it uh, previous record high was set in early march right around the beginning of the uh, the whole ukraine invasion situation and since then kind of dived down a little bit and now it's back up again uh to a new record high and uh, you can join the show the number 603-283-6160 we got mark edge on the line here uh mark is back with us you were commenting on the situation go ahead yeah i was just com- uh, specifically com- commenting on the uh, price of fuel just going up and up and up and how much it costs to homes in uh places that use oil heat like in new hampshire mm-hmm. um and I mean, this it is getting excessive. I I just want to stress that again. It's five hundred dollars per oil delivery. That's the minimum Mm -hmm. that a person can get delivered, and and it was three hundred last year, right? Yeah. 
And generally, 100 gallons, it lasts me about three weeks. Some people may get more out of it, but mm-hmm. in, in my place, it lasts about three weeks. So, And I've had to get two oil shipments within the last you know month or so. So $1,000 right off the bat, and that's bare minimum. Yeah. It's it's obscene. That's an almost one hundred percent price increase in real time. It feels like a one hundred percent price increase. Now, Mark, this affects people in not just New Hampshire, but everywhere that uses gas. Don't a lot of the islands uh, use gas powered generators? And that's one of the things that I was going to go to is is that they're using diesel generators on a lot of islands, but the electric company is regulated in most places. So. Um, in fact, what's happening in a lot of places is instead of the prices going up, because they can't, um, you know, government has come in to save us, um, they're just having outages. <laughs> they're like, oh, well, you know, power's not working. Sorry. And Thanks, government. <laughs> I'd rather pay an increased price instead of just not having any heating oil, for sure. Yep, yep. It's, uh, it's one of those situations where you got to kind of pick, um, pick your poison. And I... You know, it's, it's suboptimal, but, um, you know, they'll never say that on these islands that, in fact, it's the um, it's the oil prices that are doing it. So this is what I'm guessing this is that uh, when I hear about power outages on different islands that I keep tabs on, it's because they, um, you know, the, the, the power has gone up. Mm-hmm. So um, I also wanted to talk about the uh, the claim that Mark Edge is poaching uh free staters for his I think there was a caller who suggested that a few nights ago yeah okay and although i do understand what they're talking about right like i i was part of the, the free state project for many many years and i know the sort of uh you know team spirit that goes along with it i'm certainly guilty of it at some point and this is actually why I call in and say, hey, you know, there's other ideas out there that might work besides the Free State Project. And the Free State Project, because- for listeners that don't know, is a migration of libertarian activists to New Hampshire. It has been going on for roughly two decades at this point. I uh, just wanted to make sure clear what you were talking about. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, it's because I've seen so many, and, and I can't even give you a percentage. Um, my rough guess is half of the people who um, have moved for the Free State Project have left within five years. Um, now, obviously, that wouldn't include the people who have come within the last five years. It's just a rough guess. guess. Some people are starting to come back. Uh, Russell Canning, from what I understand, recently returned to New Hampshire, and he was one of the earliest movers uh, here back in the, 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 the good old days in 2004 and 2005. It does yep. feel that way, Mark. Um, I haven't been here as long as you know you or Ian have. Well, I'm uh, I guess at this point you're no longer really here, but I haven't been here as long as you and Ian have. But a lot of the stories I hear about, you know, different things in the liberty movement is like people who did move here and then they moved away. Yeah, that's happened. Uh, Your roommate uh, did that, as a matter of fact. I was thinking uh, about the the movies that there have been, the Libertopia, about the the Free State Project. There's been a few of them, and it seems Mm -hmm. like almost everybody included in a movie about the Free State Project is gone. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Matt Simon. Um, he was in a movie. Um, uh, but I mean, you know, the majority of these people that have were dedicated enough to, to get on film and say, hey, I'm moving to the Free State Project. Um, mm-hmm. They've gone. 
And uh, Will Buchanan is still in New Hampshire, and there was a movie about him. The, you mentioned Libertopia, I believe, covered his walk across America, where he walked from Oregon cool. to New Hampshire. Uh, he still lives here. He's still active in the state house. Yeah, uh, Derek J's victimless crime spree. Derek J has uh, fled the state. Um, well, I mean, that well, had to do probably. with the federal government uh, investigating him, I, I believe. I mean, I've not confirmed that with him, but so, I mean, that's a bit of a different situation than somebody that just gets burned out or whatever. Yeah, or, to be fair, if I had woke up at March the 16th and I'd seen, you know, the, the other Crypto Five had been arrested, the very first thing I would have done was bought tickets to get the hell out. There you go. <laughs> um and so, but that wouldn't make sense I'm, for most people. Well, I don't know. I mean, like if you guys are successful and they, you know, somehow you put the government on the run with your court case, well, do they come back and arrest more people in order to drive them out of the free state project? I don't know. Um, at this point, I laughed at the people who said that they were going to roll tanks into New Hampshire to stop us free staters. When in fact they did roll a tank into my studio. So I don't know what the truth is and what falsehoods are anymore, because, in fact, the federal government rolled tanks into the Free Talk Live studio. So if somebody fled the state over that, then I guess that's a legitimate reason to have fled. Good point. All I'm trying to say when I'm saying it is that I think that the right people to move to New Hampshire are the right people to move to New Hampshire mm-hmm. and that many people have left. So therefore, somehow the marketing that we were doing was to some of the wrong people to move to New Hampshire. And all I want to do is help the right people move to New Hampshire and help the wrong people not to move to New Hampshire. Because I imagine it is a very demoralizing and expensive mistake to pick up and move your life for whatever reason one might go to New Hampshire for more liberty and then have it not work out the way you want. Now, there are people that moved and then uh, that moved and then moved away that probably say, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I'm glad I did it. But there are probably other people that don't feel that way. And so what I'm trying to do isn't to poach. And by the way, that term is highly charged. It's suggesting that you own the activists to the free state pro- uh, that have moved to the free state project. Um, but you know, the, the idea that I'm trying to poach people, I ne- almost never mention my project when I call in to sort of critique something about the FSP. I don't, I don't, I, I think if we listened to your calls for the last six months or whatever, we would find out that anytime you called in to mention the FSP, you simultaneously promoted one of your projects. Well, we might bring it up. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know how that all shakes out. But ultimately, uh, you know, what you're bringing up is the just people have different lives. And some people may have left New Hampshire out of some level of disappointment. I mean, we know uh, one guy, David Jurist, had a whole bunch of sour grapes on the way out the door and made a whole bunch of noise about it. But a lot of people, they leave because they had some sort of family issue you know mom got sick or something happened where they felt like they needed to go back home to uh family for whatever reason some people left for for love they found somebody that uh they fell in love with and you know moved out of the state others moved for a career so every individual has their own story and and their own path many of them say they're going to come back Uh, now of course you know we only know if that's true when they actually do come back but a lot of them do say that for for whatever that's worth Uh, And it is a a large movement where thousands of people have migrated. We cannot realistically expect them all to stay in one place. So, I mean, ultimately, we've got thousands of people who are here now 
and they're doing amazing work that no one else anywhere in the liberty movement on the planet is uh, is able to pull off. I mean, we've got dozens of people in the state legislature here. There have been amazing civil disobedience wins. It's there's there's nothing out there that that can even compete with the Free State Project. I, I well, I, I don't know about things that can't compete. There are places right now that are freer than the Free State Project likely will ever be, and um, they didn't have to work for it because they managed to contract for it. Now, whether they'll maintain it or not, I don't know. But what I can tell you is Croydon, the most, one of the most successful towns in New Hampshire, just voted nearly unanimously for more big government. Well, that's government not true. It wasn't forward. unanimous. It was, uh, the fact is the opposition in Croydon, you're talking about the school board vote that happened over the weekend where the status Wasn't came out like two votes and against? dominated. You don't understand what happened, Mark, uh, but I'll explain it here. Uh, we'll talk about it coming up here in moments, and Mark is welcome to stay. Uh, he's, uh, he's definitely a negative Nancy when it comes to New Hampshire, only looks at the downsides. And we'll continue here in moments. The number is 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Insight Daily Radio, conversations with today's most interesting artists and creators. Author, humorist, and radio personality Garrison Keillor has been a fixture in popular culture since the 1970s with more than 30 best-selling books and his Prairie Home Companion radio program. And he has a new book entitled Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel. We caught up with Garrison to chat about his new book and the creative journey that continues to bring Lake Wobegon to life. In the course of doing the radio show, I didn't want to simply be the MC and say, please won't you welcome Leo Kotke. I wanted to have something to do myself, and so I decided I would tell stories and invent a town called Lake Wobegon, and I would populate it with some of the people I grew up with and my relatives changing their names to protect the innocent. So I came back to it, my childhood, as a practical matter to give myself material. That's author and humorist Garrison Keillor, whose new book, Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel, has just been released and is now available wherever books are sold. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us right here. Bring up whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Aria. Of course, you can bring up anything. That's the point of the program here. We are going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts, though. We do have with us uh, Mark Edge. He's a co-host here on Free Talk Live. He's been traveling around the world for the last roughly half a decade and searching for the freest place, at least, uh, you know, to his beliefs. And he's found the idea of a uh, certain zone, an economic freedom zone, basically, that um, some business people have cut a deal with, in this case, the government of Honduras, but these exist in other parts of the world. Uh, but he, he's most interested in the Honduran ones. 
where uh, he cut they cut this deal and then supposedly they get to set the rules there's like no taxes basically there's no regulations and it's like disney world <laughs> and like disney I mean, world i mean that literally i realize this sounds sarcastic but that's pretty yeah. much the agreement they had with disney disney world is a good example of a special economic zone here in the united states and like disney world our biggest critique of this, of course, is that it could be swept out from underneath this organization. And in fact, recently, the Honduran government abolished, or at least indicated that they intend to abolish, with a unanimous vote, the idea of the Special Economic Zone. However, it's not completed until they vote on it a second time sometime in 2023. But that said, Mark, you were calling to uh, address what a caller had said about you the other night, uh, a few, I don't know, last week sometime. They said that you were trying to, quote-unquote, poach Free staters, that is to say, libertarian activists that have moved to New Hampshire or might be considering a move or planning a move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, which is the world's largest and most successful, despite all of the negatives that you're pointing out, uh, is the most successful political migration for libertarians that has ever existed. Uh, but It's uh, the most ahead. successful in getting people to move there. That's true. Um, it's the also point the most I'm, successful libertarian movement anywhere on the planet in that if you just look at political successes, let alone the massive civil disobedience uh, events that we've had here and such, if you just look at political successes, no other libertarian movement anywhere has come close. The Libertarian Party in 50 years has not even done a fraction of what the libertarians here in New Hampshire have accomplished. Well, that's a very uh, U.S.-centric look at things and i've tried to deviate from that because i can well, the tell libertarian you parties and elsewhere in the world are also pretty useless as well so i mean we've definitely well, done better than they have libertarians in honduras did propose this special autonomous zone this upgrade to the special economic zone and they got it passed through uh legislatively that's a political by the way that i count politics that's a political win and that zone is more i mean it has its own civil law its own police. It's able to exclude um, the, the the local police from their zone, and they can have their own arbitration. They can basically run their own town. They're sovereign. But yet you like chose. Level. But yet you chose not to join it. I don't have the option of joining it at this time. Why not? Um, which. What do you mean I chose not to join it? Well, okay, I presume you're talking about the Prospera, which is uh, located there's on the— There's two of them. Okay. There's, there's two of them. One is Prospera.hn. The other one is Morazan.city. Right. And, um, you know, they're, they're, at this point, we don't know what's going to happen in Honduras in the future. But then again, you don't know what's going to happen in New Hampshire. But you're future. building your own project on a different island entirely. And I'm, my pointing, I'm pointing out here that despite all of the supposed freedoms of uh, Prospera, you chose not to join that particular setup. Is it just a personal disagreement with the founder? I don't have a personal disagreement with the founder, no. Um, I am. Then why would you to move see- to a, lo- a smaller population island when you could be on an island with 20,000 people? Instead, you chose one with 3,000. I felt like the, uh, the culture of the island of Utila was far superior to that of Roatan. Okay. Um, there was an opportunity to, uh, for sort of a, a fast start in so much as there was a resort that had a small amount of rooms but a large amount of land, mm-hmm. um, large enough to, at some point or another, uh, perhaps if if the if things looked right, um, you know, be autonomous uh, in its own right. But today, that doesn't look that way, and 
um, you know, I mean, a business person has to decide what's right right now, as well as what's right in the future. Okay. Okay. So this, so the other thing wasn't right for you because of the culture of the island. Isn't the Roatan Island, I mean, you've told me about it in the past, you used to be very excited about it. Uh, isn't it a pirate island? Doesn't it have a lot of pirate mm-hmm. history? A lot of uh, English speakers are around there. And, you know, what was wrong with it? Yeah, the pirates uh, hung out in the Bay Islands generally. And um, there's really, you know, as far as, look, I think that it's, it's just like spreading seeds. Mm-hmm. You got to try a bunch of different things and one of them might take. I don't know. And I hope Prospera is wildly successful. And I hope that if they are wildly successful, I can hitch my wagon to them. Mm-hmm. But Mark, you used to have a farm. You know, that's not the way farming works. You don't just plant a bunch of seeds and then walk away and hope for the best. You got to tend them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, you know, there's different farming practices on different farms. I hope the farming practices on Prospera work. But you're saying you can't even move there if you wanted to. There's not any actual places for sale, no places to build. Well, there's build. places for sale, but you there aren't currently places. Well, I, I'm not allowed to announce anything that is beyond that, but they, there are no places to live at this time, I as I understand it, according to um, what I've seen from Prosper. So this is a pretty speculative thing, right? Like whoever gets into this but, special economic zone is getting in on the ground floor. They're going to have to build a house. They're going to have to build a, a business, a, you know, a warehouse well, or whatever I, it is. No, um, it Morazon.city. You can go to Morazon.city right now, and we're renting out units at Morazon. I'm involved in that too, because um, I think that these are the, just the best idea. I want to be involved in each one of these projects. And now, this is the one that's the on the mainland of Honduras. Yeah, this right. is where you're not going to be living with other libertarians. You're going to be living with a bunch of Honduran textile workers, right? Well, I don't know whether that's true or not. At this point, the Honduran textile workers really haven't moved in, and nobody feels uh, real solid because of the Honduran government uh, voting to get rid of Zedes. So what I'm doing is I've managed to get five units rented to libertarians. Really? People that care about this stuff. Do these units so exist? People in. Yeah, uh-huh. got, I told you places. over and over again. Yeah. Yes. This isn't for rich people. These aren't palatial things skyscraping above the uh, the slums of Choloma. These are units for two hundred dollars per month, furnished in um, you know in a, it's a heck of price. Zone. I mean, you're gonna yeah, and, yeah but a, isn't it like the size and of a you know your typical truck trailer? It's an apartment, right? A small apartment. It's a two bedroom, one bath. Um, as far as square footage goes, I guess it was something like seven hundred square feet. That's, that's a great deal. I mean, compared to anything you can get in the United States, that's that's amazing. If somebody can work from home, but how uh, is it compared to places that you can rent in the Honduras? It's uh, it, it's compatible um, generally. I mean, mostly you you get shacks for that price in Honduras, and this is okay. a uh, brand new build. This is so yeah, new really construction nice. on what is a gated community, essentially, right? There's uh, security in Highly gated, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. three, three meter wall. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, you still have to leave in order to go shopping in the city or whatever. So it's like you can pay somebody to do it for you, mm-hmm. and labor's so cheap in that that area that they'll just take a list from everybody, and then they'll deliver your groceries back to you. But you um, had expressed to but me, but I would agree. I think that's the number one thing that's wrong with Chiloma. Please give me an opportunity to point it out. Mm-hmm. Is that Honduras five years ago? This area of Honduras was the kidnapped capital of the world, and I'm not talking about kidnapping rich Americans. Mm-hmm. 
but of course they would. Mm -hmm. um, I'm talking about somebody's abuela just getting picked up. Hey, you got 500 bucks to get your grandma back. Um, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of uh, kidnapping. Now, mind you, it's dropped off dramatically. The police are, um, you know, addressing it and they're much better trained than they were. But, I, you know, I wouldn't take my FTL crew there out drinking um, and carousing in the bars of Choloma. By God, no. No, I wouldn't. There's more coming up here uh, in moments, and so there's obviously ups and downs to everywhere in the world, right? Like, yeah, we've got the federal government here, and they suck. You won't get kidnapped about... in New Hampshire. No, I'm not worried about getting kidnapped on my way home from a bar here in New well, Hampshire. Well, the federal government is more likely to kidnap you here. It's a totally different <laughs> gang. Uh, there's more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open right here. The number is 603-283-6160. Ian and Aria... In the studio tonight, we started out talking about financial difficulties, and there's more to come on that. We, we touched on the gas prices, but we've got two competing stories. Aria, you've got a story about saying for millions of Americans, tens of millions of Americans apparently, it's the best times ever. Yeah, I mean, just ask Mark. <laughs> Everything's going great. There's nothing, there's nothing bad going on. All you have to do is, you know... Live internationally, you know, buy, buy a house in the Honduras or the, you know, Mexico or the Cayman Islands or uh, what, what was it, the Marianas Islands. Yeah, it, yeah, everything's fine. It's really not that bad. All you have to do is you know, be rich. Well, I don't know if that's what he's saying. That's not but, what Mark is saying, no. But, but that's, uh, that's more or less what these people are saying. They're like, hey, look, if you're, things aren't so bad... For those people who are employed, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into it coming up. Also, uh, over half of Americans are saying they're worried about their standard of living. So we'll talk about both of those stories on the way here. But Mark uh, Edge is still with us calling from. I don't even get where you're calling from. Where are you tonight, Mark? Oh, do we lose him? Oh, he's gone. I didn't even notice. He dropped out of the uh, the, the Jitsi call. So I guess he said all he, he needs like, to I'm say. I'm done here. <laughs> My job is done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, to, to the point that he was trying, I wish he was still on the line. Cause I, there were a few other things I'd, I would have said to him, but I'll say them now anyway, um, is that he does come across to some people listening as though he's trying to recruit people to his project, which is fine. I don't think there are, there's a certain segment of people that living abroad and being wealthy enough to do that is they're out there sure you know and there's and i mean if you can pay 200 bucks a month in rent for you know a, a two-bedroom apartment yeah. that's you don't need to be wealthy in yeah that case and it, you can make 200 dollars a month plus online and you got to figure groceries are probably significantly cheaper there in the honduras or whatever possibly, so yeah you, you can probably live comfortably reasonably comfortably for a thousand bucks a month easy yeah no, oh, yeah no doubt uh and so that's one side of it, right? Living in the Morazan City, you can live relatively cheaply. Living over on Mark's Resort Island, probably not so cheap uh, in that particular case. But the world now has more people working from home than ever before, right? So during the, the whole COVID situation, that was one of the positives that, that came out of it, was that a lot of people who had never worked from home were able to work from home. And it turned out they liked it. And it turned out some businesses thought it was a, a productive thing, so they kept it. So there's definitely more people that can do this sort of digital nomad lifestyle than ever before. So maybe it is time for these things to to these special economic zone projects to rise to some prominence and have some success. And I hope it does. I, yeah. I don't wish it anything bad. I I think it's great. Mark believes that this is his calling. 
uh, from God to you know move forward with the, with this project and and make one a success and and I hope it does work out. I I don't think it's right for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people don't want to live on an island. Well, this is equally uh, true in New Hampshire, though, and I think this is yeah. where the disconnect is happening with Mark. Mark seems to think that you know we don't we don't talk about the the disadvantages of living in New Hampshire when. How cold it is is like right up it's there. It's obvious. Yeah, but the the primary disadvantages of living in New Hampshire, oh, there's a government and all this other stuff. I mean, that's anywhere in the United States. Right. We're not inviting people to move here from you know some some free country where there's relatively uh, no government because the government's so poor or whatever it can't really impede on their rights. We're trying to get people from the United States who already have to deal with more or less the same problems that they're going to have to deal with in New Hampshire. Right. Mark talks a lot about the people who shouldn't, quote unquote, move to New Hampshire. And if you believe in liberty and you are an activist and you want to be with the number one activist libertarian community, there is nowhere else on the planet that you should be besides New Hampshire. If you want to live on an island and be left alone, allegedly, we don't know if that's actually going to transpire, but in Mark's vision, they would be left alone by the government, and you can afford to, to live that lifestyle, and that's the way you want to live, you should, do, you should do that. You should move there. But if you want to see a place that is already arguably the freest on the planet, because if you look at New Hampshire, it's the it's the number one freest of all the fifty states, and there's no real breakout to compare it to the rest of the world. Because when you look at economic freedom indexes, they only compare nation states. They don't look at the the U.S. states individually on those charts. So we can't say one hundred percent for sure that if New Hampshire were broken away from all the other states, that it would be number one in the the world. But I think it would. I think there's a good chance of that. Uh, it certainly would be in the top five. It seems and, very likely that it would be. Yeah, uh, because we wouldn't be weighed down by California and New York and all these other states that are bringing the average down, right? Th- those right. things bring the average of the United States freedom uh, rankings down way, way far. So if you actually do care about liberty and you are an activist and you want to be with more libertarian people in a real community that's been around for decades, there's no other place to go. There, There is no other option for you. You can stay right where you are and live the life you're currently living under whatever tyranny you're living and continue to complain about liberty, or you can pick up your life and move somewhere and do something about it. And this is the yeah. place where you can do that. It seems like a no-brainer to me. I mean, sure, there there are advantages to everywhere. There's disadvantages to everywhere. And there's certainly some disadvantages to New Hampshire, but... You know that big one. We we sort of gloss over Morazada City and the the possibility of getting kidnapped on your way home from a bar. That's that's not inconsequential to the average person trying yeah. to raise a family. That's a pretty big deal, right? And how many people want to live the rest of their lives in a walled city and never leave? Right. Because that's I mean, what sure Mark was... you can pay someone to go get your yeah. groceries and stuff like great. So yeah. I can I can be a prisoner, an effective prisoner, a voluntary with, prisoner. Yeah, with the walls, three meter high walls around me and everything, yeah. full on prison. Let's put some razor wire up there while we're at mm-hmm. it. That doesn't sound free to me. No, it doesn't sound very uh, very like a life that I would want to necessarily live. So New Hampshire does have a problem with government. I mean, it does exist. The idea of the state is still alive and, and well here, as the Croydon vote that he mentioned uh, pointed out. Oh, and I guess I didn't get to tell the rest of the story with Croydon. So I said I was going to and then completely forgot about it. So Croydon school board vote, uh, they voted to cut the budget in half earlier this year. Big deal, right? Like it made a lot of headlines. And then uh, the status 
found a loophole. They said, oh, well, we can get a, if we can get half the voters to turn out to a special meeting that we call, then we can re-vote on the thing that was already voted on. So it wasn't a done deal. And they did get enough people to show up at that meeting. And Mark was correct. The vote was like 300-something to two. But that's because the opposition's plot was to not show up at the meeting. The, they were literally telling the people in the opposite. The opposition was really literally uh, telling people to not show up. And the idea behind that was that if they, if they didn't show up. When you up, say the opposition, I assume you mean the people who were against the uh, numbers being cut. Because that was how it worked out. You know, They cut correct. it in half and it was the guy came in with a sales pitch and he had all the numbers and the graphs and the stuff to demonstrate it. And it looked great. Yeah. But then, you know, the the statists were galvanized by that. Like, we can't let this happen to our schools. Big time. So they they found some loophole, as you said, that allowed them to have this emergency meeting. Did the did the the libertarians, the free staters, did they even know about this emergency meeting? It sounds oh, like yeah, they, absolutely. They did. That's what I'm saying. The the opposition to the status, the the free staters and okay. the liberty people, their opposition tactic was do not show up at this meeting. And the idea was if enough people – they had to have at least half the voters show up to even make the meeting happen. So the idea was if not half the voters showed up, then the meeting wouldn't even happen. The vote wouldn't even happen. And so that's why only two people were there on their side. There's way more than two people that wanted to cut the budget, but they all stayed home on purpose. So that's why. But still, more than half of the voters did come out, and they did vote overwhelmingly to restore the full insane $18,000 per student budget. Uh, There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You're invited if you want to join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, Ian here. And Arya. And you can join us online anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com. We've got a social media platform for you at social.freetalklive.com. That's where you can go and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. It's available for you all day, every day, and it's free, unlike, I don't know, some talk show websites where they charge you for things like that. I mean, it's unlike most social media, right? Ours is free. We're not serving ads. We're not. That's true. Yeah. We're not using trackers to find out. You know, how should we be advertising things? To no, people? there's no so data mining going on here. Ours so. is actually completely free. It's a great way to point out uh, that. Thank you, Aria. The numbers or the uh, the website is social.freetalklive.com, and there are apps available, multiple apps for different operating systems. If you prefer to have an app rather than just use. Your web browser for the experience at social.freetalklive.com. So uh, we talked about the Croydon vote. It it was definitely bad, right? Like the status came out in huge numbers and they proved that they're still alive and well and paying yeah. attention. And they took back and they uh, they repassed the school budget to where it's now instead of $9,000 a student, $18,000 per student is what they're doing and it's it's that absolutely seems excessive insane. yeah it's insane private schools in the area are like seven to eight thousand dollars yeah that sounds about right well i mean private schools have to be efficient they they, they yeah. don't they can't be these bloated governmental monstrosities that have limitless amounts of money to spend but they're so much better too right it's seven true. seven or, or so thousand dollars and you get probably way better you know two three times the educational quality maybe 10 times the educational quality at a private school 
than at a at a government school. But regardless, unfortunately, they didn't they didn't succeed. But no one said this was going to be an easy road. And to Mark's point about oh well, you know, the federal government rolled a tank into my my studio. Yeah, you weren't here, uh, but uh, that's that's true. That is what they did, and it sucks. There's no doubt about it. But no one should come into an activism movement where the express goal is to end the state and think that they're just going to sit on their thumbs the whole time as, you know, we have success after success. I agree. I mean, we always knew there was going to be pushback, and I feel like that's something that, you know, gets overlooked in libertarian circles. If you're effective as an activist against the state, I mean, let's not— And libertarians aren't. In, in everywhere else except for New Hampshire. Right. And let's not mince words here, though. We're libertarians. We are. We oppose the state. We want to, to one degree or another. You know, I, I, I'm going to include the minarchists and the classical liberals here, even though I would argue they're, they're classical liberals and minarchists, but whatever. We want to dismantle the state. We want to mm-hmm. severely, drastically, or entirely reduce its power to zero. And we know what people do when you start threatening to take their power away. They lash out. They, they get go crazy. crazy. Yeah. That's what we're trying. Violent. We're, a- we're actively trying to do that to this organization that is defined by its use of violence against people. I, I think everyone who goes in to fight that particular war, the, the ideological war of peace against violence, of peace against aggression, rather, needs to know that, you know, it doesn't matter how peaceful you are. You can be Gandhi if you want. If you're effective enough, the state will use violence against you. They beat the hell out of Gandhi's followers, as a matter of fact, over the issue of salt. That's right, yeah. Multiple times. Wars. Yeah. Those people suffered brutal beatings at the hands of the uh, the British and the uh, the Indian soldiers. I mean, they killed Martin correctly. Luther King Jr., right? Yes, he was, they did. He was completely peaceful as well. Yeah. There's a long history of peaceful activists who, you know, Jesus is yet another example. Yeah. If you make the state angry, the powers that be angry... They're going to use that power against you. It's that you're giving a great examples out of history. I don't want to make it sound like I'm looking to be a martyr or that you're looking to be a martyr. That's not what this is about. No, it's just realistically, if if you're effective, that's what's going to happen. That's what happens. <laughs> and we are one of the most visible aspects of the the whole New Hampshire freedom migration. We're on the radio seven nights a week. Talking about the success stories, we're one of the biggest beacons and recruiters for getting people to come here to this movement, which is, as we pointed out, the most successful libertarian movement on the planet. The feds can ignore the libertarians everywhere else because they're not they're not even worth talking about. They're, they're really not. They, they don't do anything <laughs> that's successful. They have no uh, political power. There's, they're just they're a sideshow. OK, and no one pays attention to them anywhere. But here, the libertarians are a threat. The Democrats are constantly attacking the libertarians, the Free State Project. They're having uh, seminars about us. They're putting advertisements out there. Granite State Progress, which is one of the George Soros-funded activist groups for the leftists here in New Hampshire, have been following and obsessed with the Free Staters for most of the last decade. They're putting up bus stop advertisements. Advertising a podcast that they've created to talk about what the Free Staters are doing. Nice. Basically. 
Uh, and I mean, the Republicans, to be fair, aren't any happier about this than the Democrats are. Well, they're getting their party taken over, and they're not yes. happy about that. They're, they're grinning because, you know, for the first time in a long time, Republicans are actually like getting talked about, and there's actually yeah. people attending their meetings and stuff like that. But the reality is that then they end up with the tranny anarchist running, and they go, oh, <laughs> they don't like that. wait, <laughs> this is not what we had in mind when yeah. we agree. You were supposed to be all straight, cis, white, old men. What the, happened here? The political establishment, both right and left, is not happy about the free staters here. And the federal government isn't happy either. And they've been. No, why would they be? And they've been investigating. I mean, Mark acts like this was some kind of big surprise, but the, the fact is they've been investigating the liberty activists here in New Hampshire, specifically in Keene, since as far back as 2005. The very same federal agent, Phil Christiana, has been investigating this group of activists for longer than I've even lived here in New Hampshire. So this predates me, but I'm one of the more visible characters. And so, of course, he took an interest in, in me in this show and, and has been quite obsessed uh, with us for, for many, many years. And so they made their move, and that's what you have to expect them to do. They're not just going to sit around as people are spreading the idea of independence from their power, as people are spreading the idea of peace against their wars. When was it that they tried to get Rich Paul or nobody to wear a wire? 2012. Okay, so long before the the studio here ago. was raided or the property here was even raided, they and, were trying to infiltrate and trumped up charges. Yeah, they were yeah. they were literally trying to get somewhere to wear a wire into the studio or into the activist center and get them to say that they were advocating violence or aggression or revolution or something that wasn't even true. Nope. But they wanted to find a reason, any reason, to press charges or to, to trump up charges against the libertarian activists here in New Hampshire. Yeah, and it's not going to stop with us. Regardless of whatever it is that happens to Free Talk Live, and obviously we're hoping for total victory uh, later this year in court, but regardless of what happens to us, the movement is going to continue. There are going to be continually um, migrating people coming here and, and getting active in various different ways, and some of them are going to raise their profile, and some of them are going to become targeted as well by the federal government. And that's a reality. And it's not fun. Right, like that's not what I'm. That's no, not what it kind of sucks. No, that's yeah. It's, I want to. I want to get back to spreading peace and the ideas yeah. of love and liberty. I want to get. Well, I want to get back to being able to, you know, tell people about cryptocurrency and actually show them how to use uh, crypto by demonstrating it for them, which I cannot do uh, at this time. I can only just talk about it. And obviously, we're good at talking. That's why we're on talk radio. But we still can't do as much as we were previously able to do because of these uh, these bail restrictions that are on on us. So yeah, I'm with you as well, Arya. I'm looking forward to getting getting rid of these things, but I know that even if it's not us, they're going to be going after somebody. They're investigating somebody else out there right now. There's no doubt about it. And they, they are just are. waiting until they can build a case, whatever BS trumped up charges they're going to build against whoever else they're going to They're not going to give up on this. No, this is their thing. And I tend to think, you know, you know, optimistically, the best thing that could happen here is, you know, no, November comes and everything is just fine afterward. Mm-hmm. But they're going to find, you know, the next people they hit are, are going to take the plea deals. And then they're just going sure. to add to those statistics and they're just going to make it look like more and more of a failure when it's not a failure. It's just it's exactly what one would expect if one comes into this realistically, which is if you push against the federal government, they're going to push back. And if you're successful, they're going to try to break your arms. Yeah. I mean, it's not my intention to push against them. I just want them to leave me alone. But just spreading the message of, hey, let's ignore them and walk away from this uh, this relationship, it's going to make the abuser angry. And uh, the Good abuser point. is going to point, is going to, you know, beat you if they can get a hold of you. And we're right here and they know where we are so they can get a hold of us. 
Uh, there's more coming up here in moments. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Phones open if you want to join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. We will talk to you about whatever's on your mind. We've been talking, uh, well, in the first hour, we started talking about the economic situation, gas prices, inflation, and there's a, f- a few more things to talk about when it comes to the economy. Uh, but then Mark called in to bring up the Free State Project, and that led us into that conversation. Of course, you're welcome to comment on anything. Let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Aria. Oh, yes. I just uh, wanted to bring up, did you know that today was the Salvation Army Day? What does that mean? Well, I well, it. I never, I never knew they had a Salvation Army Day until they announced it this morning. So it's this uh, a, a yearly thing that they have this day after the Mother's Day. So I guess. Um, but what does it mean? Is it their anniversary guess, or something or what? Well, they're just celebrating all the great work that you know Salvation have, Army have done to help millions of people ever since it got mm-hmm. formed. So I think it's it's that, you know? Okay. It, that, I'm, it is indeed Salvation Army Day, but I'm not finding what that really means. Um, news.messenger.com, which appears to be a very Christian site, just says it's observed annually on March the, March the 10th. That that would not okay. be today. That That would be two months ago. So... Uh, yeah, this yes, it is observed annually on March the tenth, according to CheckIday.com, which tells you you know what various days yeah. there are assigned to today. March tenth uh, is Salvation Army Day, not May the tenth. I just want to say, I, I think generally the Salvation Army does good work. I, I I know they are a very religious organization, so if you are not a fan of organized religion, and I tend not to be a fan of the big religions uh, generally. I mean, that's not to say I'm a religious. I am. Uh, religious, but uh, I just don't like the big organized religions. They uh, that that said, they do help people in need. They do help uh, the homeless, and they provide meals, and they provide socks, and you know, clothing, and and things like that. And they've been around and been doing that mission for a very, very long time. Unlike the government that you know just uh, deprives people of wealth, the Salvation Army is is helping raise people up. So good for them. And I don't remember now, but if I recall correctly, the Salvation Army is one of these charity organizations that is not a scam and that does not have extremely highly paid CEOs and board members that are. You know, giving, I would be surprised if they did. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of them, like uh, UNICEF and others, are like that. Where they're like five. That's the UN. Yeah, we're like five cents of the dollar that you donate actually goes there. But Sarah, as it happens, today is Clean Your Room Day. <laughs> it's also National Small Business Day. I, I don't want to trigger you with you being a communist and all of that. So it's also Sex Differences in Health Awareness Day. So I mean, and it goes on here. There oh are dozens God. and dozens of these. Hmm. It's it's trust your intuition day. What the <laughs> hell is that? <laughs> Every day should be well, trust your intuition day. Well, but the, um, but it was announced on the KKOB. Maybe they switched the date. You know what I mean? No, no, I don't know. Sarah, you they, totally it, misunderstood what Arya was saying. 
She says that today is Salvation Army Day. You are correct. No, March the 10th is. That's today. No, today's May the 10th. Oh, March the... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Maybe anyway, that was a typo. Mm-hmm. The point is that there's a bunch of days, quote unquote, on the same day, and you can pick whichever one you want. If one sounds better than the other, if you need something to celebrate, there's something out there that'll probably fit you on every, any given day of the week. Or yeah, checkiday.com. Uh, is it just I day or is it the word check I day? I'm sorry, I'm not clear what you're saying. It's uh, the word check, the letter I, and then the word day. Check I day. Yeah, I don't com. know why they would call it that. They have a little button there that says today's holidays. You click that and it'll tell you wow. all of the holidays. Dozens. Tomorrow is uh-huh. donate a day's wages to charity day. <laughs> oh, oh, this well, is good news. It's eat well, what you want day okay. as well. But, oh, you know, but um, hostess I, cupcake day too. So. Also. <laughs> What a, well, what a garbage that. world we live in, man. It's National Root Canal Appreciation Day. Tomorrow <laughs> is National Root Canal Appreciation Day. Wow. That's, that's terrifying. You know what I like, though? I, I, I like the bicycle day. Why what does there have that? to be a, a day for these things? I mean, what is bicycle yeah, the Canadians started that. You know, like uh, ride your bicycle to work day. But if you like that, a bicycle, why don't you day? ride the bicycle every damn day? Well, but it, it's all about like raising awareness. Does it That's really? The whole though? point, like, it, well, the thing is, you, yeah, if you, yeah, you can ride a bicycle. For every everybody day, that doesn't know, they can car. get a bicycle. Like, are people out no, there unaware the whole, that they exist? What's a bicycle? But it's a, it's an acknowledgement, celebration of no, everybody stop, don't ride a car, don't drive a car today. Everybody's going to ride a bike to work. This Do you need a, a pat on the back for okay. riding a bike? <laughs> Apparently, is that what this is all about? You want someone to pat you and say you're doing such a good thing for the world by riding a bike today? Well, it's, it's the same thing. The Earth Day. It's it's all to yeah, celebrate that. Well, the, uh, the Earth Day, the environmental activists come out. And they read about being a vegetarian and doing organic farming and. So it just raises awareness. Same thing with the, bi- the right to bike work day. And isn't there some other day like that? Envi- what other environmental oh, a ton of that stuff. I'm not convinced that's what people are doing on April the 20th, Sarah. <laughs> Thanks for the call, well, Sarah. I- the number, <laughs> 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Is that Earth Day? Is the 20th I, I'm April? pretty sure April the 20th it was. Yeah, and it sort of became you know a different holiday. Checkiday.com. Wow. Insane. Oh, evidently Earth Day changes. Uh, it's It was April 22nd this year. National Shrimp Day today. Actually, it's apparently always April 22nd, so I was just mistaken. <laughs> yeah, National Shrimp Day, National Lupus Day as well. Oh. I'm looking forward to tomorrow, though. No, National Hostess Cupcake Day. International Receptionist Day tomorrow. <laughs> National Twilight Zone Day. Yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, wow. people just make this crap up and they go, this is the national holiday. Yep. And it, they, there's no form for people to fill out. They just start saying it and they and somehow create a hashtag and other people share yep. it. And the next thing you know, it's National Twilight Zone Day. Yeah, I, I guess if it helps you do a thing, then you know, have yourself a day. The number but, is 603-283-6160. She shouldn't be riding a bike on this one particular day, like, what would it help? It wouldn't do any good for me on National Ride a Bike Day. And there seems to be some dispute about what's, what day it actually is. Like, they can't agree. But it, even if they did agree, it's not changing the world for me to go, oh, it's National Ride a Bike Day. Instead of driving my car, I'm going to ride a bike on this one day out of the year. 
That's not changing anything. That's not no. changing anyone's hearts and minds. It's not accomplishing anything. Plus, and I don't know if it really raises that much awareness. Like, there's a person who is likely to ride a bike, and then there are the people that aren't. And I guess the idea is, well, let's encourage the people that aren't bike riders to ride a bike. And I don't think that if you live in a city in which bike riding is essentially not useful, like when I used to live in Sarasota, Florida, I never rode a bike. I didn't have a bike, except when I was a kid, right? Right. And as an adult, I didn't have a bike. And there would be no reason for me to have a bike. Everything was too far away from where I lived. Sure. Uh, there's, there's shopping centers everywhere, but it was still it's still like this urban sprawl and everything's just spread out. And you got to travel a long distance to get to, to places generally. Well, even if it's only like three miles and it's just like a 20-minute bike ride or whatever, coming back with like five bags of clothing or whatever that. on a bicycle, yeah. yeah. Uh, I looked into getting a bicycle recently because I was like, you know, this would be a great way to exercise my dogs. You can just run beside sure. me and I can just ride a bike. $800 is what these well, things are running, though. And it's I, like... that They're that, not cheap if you want to get a good bike. There's no doubt about that. But in a town like Keene... You can actually use a bike. When That's I true. moved to Keene, I got a bike pretty much right away. And back then it was only like 300 bucks but, or 350 or something like that. But, you know, I put money in over the years in repairs and that sort of thing. So I probably spent 800 bucks on it over the last 15 years that I've had it. Uh, but it's useful because I can go pretty much anywhere in town on a bike. Now, I don't use it for groceries because I, I still have a car and I can still drive you know, the car to whatever I need to gross. But if I need to just go to court or if I need to go someplace where normally I'd have to pay to park, go out to eat or something like that, I'll, I'll ride the bike uh, if sure. I can and get a little bit of exercise. So it just depends on your circumstances in life. If, if you're in a, in a city where it just doesn't make sense to ride a bike, no amount of promotion of the idea is going to get people on board with it unless they were looking for some new form of exercise, you know. That's it. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. That, in a nutshell, it, it'd be like having a national jogging day or a national walking day or whatever. It's like, I mean, I'm sure they do. Yeah. And Keene is highly walkable, but yeah. it's it's just not going to attract people to get out there and start walking if they don't already have an interest in doing it. And I you don't, don't need to would. make people aware that, hey, did you know you can right. use your own two legs to propel yourself from one location <laughs> to the other? We're have raising awareness of- about that. It's this new thing. Yeah. You heard of this thing called a bicycle? <laughs> The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Hour 3 is on the way. We still have this dueling articles, uh, one about how Americans have it great, and another one saying Americans are pretty concerned for their financial future. Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can join us here. You can bring up whatever you want. Kicking off the third hour, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. We are going back to your phone calls and thoughts, but coming up, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the economic situation. One story, Aria, that you have tonight says, for tens of millions of Americans, things are great. They're better than they've ever been. But I, I, I tend to think it's you know this, this crazy opinion piece of this guy of some news outlet trying to convince people that you know it's really 
It's a good thing. This in the inflation. It turns out oh, it's this one is of actually, those. That's my guess. We'll right? get into it. We'll get into it. Because they're basically like, hey, if you have a job, you're, you're actually doing pretty good. Uh, well, we'll see. Because more than half of Americans, according to a Gallup poll, are either worried or very worried uh, about what's going to happen with them. You know, them making money making the bills you know paid in the future uh we'll get into the, all of that here and when we get a chance but first david is on the line listening to wbhp there in huntsville alabama go ahead david uh hello gang hey welcome what's on your mind yes sir uh aria is on my mind all the time oh oh my something else she is it, something special yeah, that's mean, for sure yes and the way she says says things you know the Literally, the words that she chooses, it's literally like I'm saying it myself. Wow, oh, that's she, cool. It's Thanks, like we're David. cast from the same mold or something. Well, you guys are kind of from the same area of the country. I mean, Alabama and Mississippi are uh, next-door neighbors. Sure. Yes, yes, sir. So, what? I mean, was yeah. that all you wanted to do, was just call and say nice things about Aria, or was there anything else you wanted to uh, to say on I the show? No, I just wanted to blow some warm air up her skirt and let her know... <laughs> You've got huge fans out here. All right. I appreciate it. I mean, it is usually the exact opposite that I hear, but that's usually, you know, people on YouTube or Matrix or DLive or whatever. Who are hiding behind their computer screens. Yeah. So it's nice to hear from somebody saying that. I'm a late 60s hippie. I'm the real thing. Okay. San Francisco hippie. Wow. And uh, uh, when, when the Bay Area broke out into riots in the late 60s, I migrated over to Hawaii. And then uh, from there, I came back to the South. But, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I can't believe it. I mean, well, all you guys, you know, you, uh, we all have similar uh, feelings and views and things like that. It's uh, uh, quite amazing. Uh, I'm so glad that I found your, your show and uh, listen very often. Well, great. And, We're so uh, glad to be on the air uh, there in Huntsville. It's one of our longest running. I've looked at like since 2009. Oh, you checked the affiliate list? I was yeah. just about to yeah. do that. Yeah, long time radio affiliate there. And it's uh, it's actually one of the uh, the iHeart Media stations, formerly known as Clear Channel. So it's a, it's a big station. And we don't have a lot of those big corporate stations that carry us during the week. They're one of the few uh, that carries our weekday show. So, David, thanks. Glad you're out there. And if you get a chance, uh, drop a message to the program director there at WBHP and, and tell them thanks for Aaron Free Talk Live, all right? You betcha, and, and, and really thank you guys. Appreciate thank it. Thank you guys. Happy to be here. Thanks, David. Uh, all right, so the number is 603-283-6160. Richard is in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Richard. Yes. Thank you for taking my call first yes, off. Now, on a TV commercial currently running for Quit Smoking, they have the daughter of a woman named Terry who passed away several years ago at age 53. And a few months ago, they had a quit smoking commercial that showed Terry before she passed away. Oh boy. Now, about 1964, the United States Surgeon General had this notice put on cigarette packs. Mm-hmm. Caution. Cigarette smoking may be hazardous to your health. In 1964, the legal age to buy cigarettes was 18 years old. Therefore, in my opinion, I do not feel sorry for anybody under age 75 who dies from cancer from smoking cigarettes. Maybe I'm cold-hearted, but I don't have... You definitely do not smoke. 
Uh, I used to smoke. I started smoking when I was 10 years old, off and on, until I was 18 years old. And then I smoked from the time I was 18 until I was 35 years old, and I quit. Good for you. So what you're saying is people that smoke... They know what they got coming to them. They know that there's going to be some lung troubles that are likely in their future, possibly even death, and you don't feel bad about that. That's what you're saying tonight? That is what I'm saying. Thank you for putting it in better words than I can. I don't necessarily disagree. And you're a former smoker yourself, having just quit uh, in the last four months, right? Right. But everyone is going to die. Sure. It might be a little more painful, though, if you're coughing up a black lung. It might not be a way you want to go. I don't think there's a really a pleasant way to die except dying in your, in your sleep. sleep. I mean, for most people, it's, it's probably not going to be very pleasant, <laughs> right? Whether you die of lung cancer or skin cancer mm. or breast cancer or prostate cancer or insert disease here, pneumonia, COVID-19, mm. whatever... There aren't very many methods of dying that are like that. That's that's the way I want to go. Thanks, Richard, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. So, uh, I mean, I don't feel bad for the people who are going to die of emphysema or lung cancer or whatever, but that's because I know that, you know, they're going to die of something one way or the other. Yeah. And it's I think my grandfather sucks. died of emphysema. But and everyone's going to die. So it's like... I'm yeah, but he was on to... an oxygen tank toward the end of his life. So, I mean, it's yeah. definitely some people have a worse out than others, right? Certainly. Like some ways of death are less pleasant than others. And I think Richard's pointing out that, hey, you could avoid this one if you wanted to. And... You, you know, can, but it's Personally, not I don't care, right? Like, you do what you want. It's your body. It's your life. I'm not going to judge you for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not easy. If it wasn't for Chantix, I would definitely still be smoking. The only reason that was successful with me was because I didn't have to actually deal with nicotine withdrawals like most mm-hmm. former smokers do. What's, so, what is Chantix? It's a pill? Chantix a is a daily pill that you take. Yeah. You take it leading up to quitting smoking, then you quit smoking. And honestly, you don't even realize that you're not smoking anymore. I mean, it's, it's very strange in mm. how it works. It's extraordinarily effective if you have the the mental well-being to withstand it because it does make people crazy, right? If you're already experiencing lucid dreams... But if you're already crazy, then you're good to go, right? Uh, Yeah, if you already have anxiety... (laughs) Well, if you have anxiety issues or depression, things like that, you probably should avoid Chantix. Oh, really? But if you have, like, sleep issues, like Mm -hmm. where, you you know... You get abducted by aliens or whatever. Even if you know it's just you know sleep paralysis and night terrors or whatever, hmm. that's what Chantix is going to do to you. It's going to give you night terrors and sleep paralysis. Yeah, and most people can't. They can't mentally handle that. They experience yeah, that it like, oh my intense. god, I no, you don't understand. I was actually abducted by demons. I'm like, no, I'm telling you, I understand. Mm. But for, this is what that is. You weren't actually abducted by demons, and the Chantix didn't summon demons or whatever. <laughs> So uh, I've had these discussions with people. It's, oh it's crazy, gosh. right? But that's, that is what Chantix does, and it does wow. help people quit smoking, and it's extremely effective. But I don't blame anyone for trying to fight that fight and losing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nicotine is one of the most addictive chemicals on earth, and cigarette companies, tobacco companies, for better or worse, and I'm not saying they should or shouldn't be allowed to do this, they are putting stuff in cigarettes to make them more addictive. Yeah. That's this true. is why a lot of people smoke the more natural ones like Winston's or you American know, the Spirit. American Spirit, or they roll their own using right. um, Indian to Native American tobacco. 
Those are better alternatives. Uh, a lot of people are switching to vaping as well because then they don't have to deal with the nicotine withdrawals. But there's no there's no real medical history behind that. And I've even had a doctor tell me, no, don't quit, don't quit smoking for vaping because mm. we don't know what vaping is going to do to you. And when you think about it, that makes sense. What is sucking down propylene glycol and vegetable glycol going to do to your lungs over a period of 20 or 30 years? I don't know. But the, the few times I've tried nicotine vapes, I've done it a handful of times. I'm not a fan of it. It doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't feel the same, and it doesn't really scratch the itch. You know, you're quitting smoking without quitting the nicotine. Yeah, basically, cigarettes don't feel good either. But you know, I don't do either of them at this point. The number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. You can join us here. You can bring up whatever happens beyond your mind. You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, Americans reporting that over half of them in a recent Gallup poll are pretty concerned about maintaining their standard of living because inflation is real and it's affecting everyone. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The number, if you want to join us here, 603-283-6160. Ian and Aria in the studio tonight, 603 283 6160. You can join us online anytime you want over at freetalklive.com. Forkfest is coming up. It is six weeks away at this point. Yeah, it's getting close, man. And I love this time of year because that's generally what happens. It's like one thing hits and then it's just one thing after the next one festival or one party or whatever until like August. Yeah, before you know it, summer's over. Uh, in that Unfortunately, case. but but, but I, I tend to have a lot of fun during the summer. Yeah, so yeah. I hope I'll be able to join you. I still have to wait until the ankle monitor hopefully is removed. We haven't seen the motion been put in for that yet. The prosecution is expected to oppose it. Uh, so even even I, though it's standard, I hope you're there with us. Yeah, even even though it's like apparently it's like the federal probation standard. Like after somebody's been on on pre-release for a year on the confinement that I've I've been on, probation itself says okay well, he doesn't need to be on this thing anymore. But that's what happened. The probation officer that I have went to uh, the prosecution and said that he wanted to take it off, and they said they were going to object, which means that my attorney now has to make the motion, so it has to go in front of a judge. So you know that's going to take some number of weeks. So hopefully it'll be off. Buy pork fest. If not, I'll be staying home again. Unfortunately, I mean, we'll see. knowing how slow the federal court system is, I mean, if it gets in there within like the next week or two, then the, it might work. If the motion gets yeah. filed, yeah. yeah. But I mean, and I don't know. I don't know how quick they are to actually see a motion and schedule a hearing. I mean, usually it's a couple weeks. Sometimes it can be like the next day, though. Yeah, it, that's it just true. depends it on depends. what. It de- I guess it probably depends on whether the defendant wants it or <laughs> no, whether the, the government wants yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you want to learn more about our situation, go to thecrypto6.com to learn more about that. Forkfest.party, though, is where you can go because whether I'm able to go, you should totally go because it's a great excuse to come up to New Hampshire, check out uh, the Free State Project, check out the beautiful uh, North White Mountains of New Hampshire, which is where uh, the location of Rogers Campground is, and that's where Forkfest happens. It happens the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and I did hear that the Porcupine Freedom Festival is finally officially sold out. They are no longer selling uh, tickets on their website. So if you want to get Porkfest tickets, you will have to buy them secondhand at this point. And there are some, you know, there's always somebody who bought tickets and then they just can't go. I've got an extra. Yeah, it's always situations like that. So, But I'm not selling it because it just, 
it's far more likely I'll find someone will be like, man, I wish I had a ticket to the Porcupine for someone I know. Yeah, that you could they could yeah. use it. They're like, sure. So, so that's going to be packed. The campground's going to be insane uh, the week prior. But ForkFest is a lot slower. It's a little more laid back. Not as many people go. Uh, it's a newer event. It's only the sixth year of it. So go to ForkFest.party if you want to uh, just chill out for a week in the woods. And then it wraps up with an amazing fireworks show that weekend in celebration of Independence Day. So we'll look forward to seeing you. Free Talk Live will be there in some form or another. June 27th through July 3rd. Those are the dates for this year. That's June 27th through July 3rd. Go to ForkFest.party. And all you need to do to attend ForkFest is just register your campsite, RV site, or your motel room with Rogers Campground. There are no tickets. Bring a sweater, though, for people who have never been to New Hampshire or who are like, well, it's June. It's July or whatever. Yeah, but Sweater and some long pants for the night times. It's the mountains in New Hampshire. Yeah, it gets cold there. Yeah, it got down to like 30 degrees one year. It might be 90 or the 80s during the day. Or it might be cool and rainy. You never know what you're going to get. It is uh, it is a bit of a mix, but you can pretty much count on the nights are going to be cool. Yeah. That's usually a guarantee. All right, let's go back to uh, the phones here. Brandon is calling us from Ohio. Brandon, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's on your mind tonight? about Bitcoin. Yes, sir. Um, I, own a, I own a small business, yeah. and I'd like to accept Bitcoin. So let's say what I download a wallet, and they got a wallet, and they just transfer it. Is that how that's done? Like, you just hold the wallet over top. I would recommend using the AnyPay software, I believe. If you're just ex- interested in accepting, like, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Dash, you know, the major cryptocurrencies like that, then use AnyPay. It allows you to create an invoice, enter an amount, and it allows you to, it'll pop up as paid when they scan your QR code and send the payment. You can just open your wallet and create the invoice there. Like, if you go to Edge and hit the Receive button, you can enter the amount and that will modify the QR code and you know then they can just scan that but AnyPay allows you to do that directly and is I, that what you're looking for you're looking for a business solution well yeah like uh like you know I've, I've listened to guys since you know 2020 or so uh when when the whole you know COVID thing happened mm-hmm. and uh you know I got told about you guys a while ago and I should have started listening to you back when I was you know 10 years ago when I was told about you but um you know, I'm just looking for you know, a way to accept Bitcoin and promote Bitcoin, but promote you guys, like just an easy way to, to accept something. Hey, you don't have any cash? I don't want to take your credit card because I hate credit card fees. Right. So Are you, it's, uh, it's do you have a business Bitcoin. where you have employees or is it just you? Um, It's mainly me and one other guy. Okay. Yeah. So the solution Aria is giving you is AnyPay, friends of the show, longtime uh, supporters of uh, AnyPay. Really love that product. Uh, that's something you want to use for sure if you want the super fastest, you know, easiest point of sale, especially if you've got employees, because you don't want to give an employee access to your bank account, right? You want to give yeah. them only a way to receive money for you. And uh, and so okay. that's what AnyPay does, is it's just a, a simple point of sale solution. And it's, I believe, I think they still have a free tier. I know they've changed their business model in the last year or so. Obviously, I'm not able to use their software under my bail conditions, but I, I've, I've, I've eyeballed the, you know, their product uh, from a from afar, and I've noticed that they have like a one percent tier now, and I don't know if that's something that applies to everybody or, or what. So I, I can't say for sure what their what the deal is with uh, with AnyPay these days. But uh, we love their their product; they they do some great work, and they're libertarians uh, that that have done things here, great things in New Hampshire. And Aria recommended to you the Edge wallet. That's a great wallet. It's a mobile phone wallet. There's also Exodus wallet, which is a cross-platform wallet. It can work on a 
uh, like a laptop or a desktop computer in addition to uh, a phone. So those are two yeah, of the best ones I've seen. I got seen. the Exodus right now. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. a great wallet. So. Uh, so it sounds like you're already well on your way, and that should get you to the next step. Any other uh, things we can help you with? Uh, not tonight, man. Thanks I'll for the call, call Brandon. Uh, another time. Appreciate yeah. it, dude. Check out uh, it's anypayx, I believe. dot com is their their current website. So check that out. They changed it quite a bit. They I, do change I, it up. I liked anypay. global. That was the easiest one to remember. Let's go to uh, Rob. He is on the line in Vermont. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, uh, so just kind of want to change the subject a little bit yes, here. Sir. Uh, there's a story that came out of New Hampshire uh, on the sixth of May where. Former police officer sentenced to prison after pleading guilty in fatal crash. Uh oh. Yeah. Prison. So, yeah, this uh, was on WMER. Says a former Londonderry police officer was sentenced ten to twenty years in the Hampshire State Prison. Wow. For driving drunk and causing the crash that killed a twenty-one-year-old. <sighs> That's unusual that a cop would go to prison for so long. That's surprising. It is, and. Well, he was a drunk driver who who murdered someone who was 21 years old. He should be held responsible for that. I don't think that's uh, murder, technically. That's, I believe, involuntary manslaughter, but I don't have the, the charge in front of me here. See, I didn't think that, you know, if... I, you should be allowed to drive while drunk, I believe. But if you if you hit someone and kill them, you should be charged with murder, I would think. Yeah, that's what I agree with, because it's so different than pointing a loaded gun at someone. It's manslaughter charges. Murder generally is something that is... Um, I guess it's not always premeditated. That's first-degree murder. Second-degree murder is like in the moment. You didn't premeditate it, but you just decided to kill somebody. Right, and, but see, my definition of murder includes war and mm, stuff, and yeah. theirs doesn't. Well, right. Well, murder is a legal term. Officer, at least the officer fled out on He did. He did. Thanks, Rob, for the call. There's more coming up. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian and Aria in the studio here tonight. So, Aria, you have a story we're going to get into uh, about Americans just having a time of their lives. Tens of millions of Americans. Everything's just great. Yeah, everything's great. not a concern for them. And I, I want to hear this because, you know, we've seen all the bad news. I want to hear a little bit of good news. So do you have it uh, pulled up there? All right. So this it. is an era of great political division and dramatic cultural upheaval. Much more quietly, it has been a time of great financial reward for a large number of Americans. And this is coming from dnyuz.com? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who they are. It's something I've seen before. I've read some of their stuff before, and I still don't know who the hell they are. This has to be sarcastic, right? It has not been a time of great financial reward for a large number of Americans. That's that's factually untrue. Well, they say the billionaires are making more money, you know, Jeff Bezos or But that's not a large number of Americans. No, it's definitely not. For the 158 million who are employed, prospects haven't been this bright since men landed on the moon. As many as half of those workers have retirement accounts that were fattened by a prolonged bull market in stocks. When was this written? It was released today. I don't think they've seen the latest stock numbers. Yeah, things have been going down recently. 
I, I think I saw today, speaking of Bezos, I saw some headline in the last 24 hours saying that all of Amazon's gains have been wiped out. All of them, yes. Since, like, prior to, or, uh, since COVID, post-COVID gains, I guess. I wanted to mention that when we were talking about Bitcoin, or, I, I don't, or inflation in general, but mm-hmm. you know, it didn't come up. You know, Bitcoin still has some of its pandemic gains. Amazon bit, yeah. does not. That's right. And uh, Netflix down 70-something percent. Yeah, it's a bloodbath out mm-hmm. there. This boom does not get celebrated. Oh. At the rate they have been increasing in value, that's owner-occupied homes in the United States, a lot of families are, in effect, a giant piggy bank. Or, excuse me, a lot of homes are effectively a giant piggy bank that families live inside. This boom does not get celebrated much. That's a stupid analogy, by the way. Most of them are still paying off these homes as well. The average person has not paid off their 35-year mortgage and won't for most of their life. Yeah, and and homes don't work like that. It, It doesn't work to where... You just put money into the home and then you take it out later, necessarily, right? Like a piggy bank suggests that it's some sort of reliable savings method that if you put money in, you break the bank later and all that money's still there. But with a home, you have no idea what's going to happen economically in the next 30 years. Most people get a 30-year loan on a house, right? Uh, Certainly, you can count on inflation. It's likely going to continue, so... If you get uh, a mortgage that's fairly consistent in what you're paying back over the years, then you can expect that you're going to earn more due to inflation and just due to your general life circumstances and be easily, more easily able to pay that loan off into the future. Right. That's, that's generally how you expect things to go. And you hope that the value of the home is going to go up. And certainly we've seen that, especially in the last two years, with this crazy housing crunch with people leaving places like California. And Yeah, uh, but if you have an adjustable rate mortgage and you know the home becomes too valuable, uh, you lose it. The bank is going to take it because they're like, hey, look, uh, we want to sell your home and we, w- we want you to pay $2,000 a month now or whatever. Hmm. I don't know how these things work, but I know that you know if the value goes up too much, the bank can't, if you have an adjustable rate mortgage, they can't just increase the amount of your note effectively. Or you have something like the 2007 housing bubble, which bursts. For all we know, we're in another housing bur- right. bubble. Right, and that's the, that's the thing. That's where this is not a piggy bank, right? So you can expect that things are going to go up, but it doesn't always play out that way. And a lot of people believe that this is going to be another housing bubble and that uh, that is going to go away at some point. And then all of a sudden, the double, you know, double your money that people have done recently in the housing market could go down to half your money at that point. So Similar to Bitcoin. Yeah. The queasy stock market might be signaling that the boom is ending a slowing economy, renewed inflation, high gas prices, and rising interest rates could all undermine the gains achieved over the years. But for the moment, the flood of wealth is quietly redefining retirement, helping fuel Silicon Valley. This isn't a flood of wealth. And that's no, this is, an, this this is, is an, an insane piece here. Yeah, this is so ignorant because, yeah, the prices of the housing market are up. And that, to some extent, does have to do with supply and demand. So I don't want to take that away from it. I'm not going to say it's all inflation. But you go back and you look at the prices of that house 30 years ago, if it was around, right? If it's not right. new construction, you look at that price of that house 30 years ago, it's going to be a fraction of, uh, of what it is today. And so really a lot of this is keeping up with, with inflation ultimately. This article would almost be brilliant if they were attempting to take the same facts that the media is always talking about and spinning them, giving people the same facts, but with a completely opposite spin on them. Like this statement here... More than 4.5 million workers voluntarily quit in March. 
Yeah, I have that story from RT. Yeah, however, uh, that's not necessarily a good thing. That that's just, that's unemployment, right? And you know, most of the places news outlets would be told, "Oh, unemployment increased by this amount or whatever." It doesn't matter that they voluntarily quit; they're still technically unemployed, presumably. And it's just how they're spinning that. Yeah, that's it's, bad news. That's they're not quitting their jobs because they are independently wealthy. Well, they may be, but I tend to think they're probably quitting their jobs to go work somewhere else, to just go have a different job that may be paying slightly better. Maybe, yeah. This widespread wealth throws light on why the number of workers who say they expect to be working past their early 60s has fallen below 50% for the first time. Hmm. They do link to that. So evidently there's a study or a poll or something like that. Look. It doesn't matter to me how delusional the average person is. If they're counting on, you know, some retirement plan or Social Security or their their house to be their retirement plan, they're going to be working well into their 70s. Mm. Early 60s. Well, uh, especially as the quality of living uh, goes down, as people's standards of living go down. Also true. Which inevitably happens when inflation is in play and, and always is. It's just worse now than it's been in 40 years uh that uh, that's going to eat away at people's living and so they're going to have to keep working in order to keep up their lifestyle so they talk about these startups known as unicorns more than 1000 now up from 200 in 2015 yes there are a lot of start startups right now and they probably won't be here in five years that's typical of most businesses yeah i tend to think there are probably fewer startups right now than there really were in like 2019 or that era i think the the era of startups and you know kickstarting new companies uh, that's sort of gone by now hasn't it uh well we know that the federal reserve just raised their interest rates recently and, uh, and that's going to affect loan rates so it's going to actually dissuade people from taking out loans a little more so than previously it used to be there was no uh 0% or whatever ba- basis points i think they call it it's a different it's less than a percent or whatever but uh the federal reserve had zero just up until 2022 and now it's at like 0.75 or something like that and so that's going to affect what rates banks issue loans at and so people that were thinking about taking out a loan might think twice now this article is amazing our net worth has reached the millionaire level due to our investments which was unfathomable when we were married 40 years ago said mr mackinson 76 who is retired from the u.s forest service so they're pointing at millionaires here and saying, look, things are pretty good for the average American millionaire over here. But that, that's Venezuela is full of millionaires. I'm sure it is. They all, it takes a million uh, boulevard to buy a loaf of bread. They also point out that uh, saying that there are 22 million U.S. millionaires. That seems high. But mm. uh, even if we go with that, with one in uh, one in 10 or one in 20 being millionaires, I don't think it's that high. But whatever. Mm-mm. They go to Miss Mackinson, the the wife of the person. A million dollars does not buy today what a million dollars in the 1990s would have bought you or even in, in the aughts. No, she says, I used coupons to buy things. One of my daughters would say, Mom, that's so embarrassing. But we've been, we believed in saving and now she uses coupons too. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, it is, but it's not... They're painting out like Americans are you know, living high life on Easy mm. Street here. These millionaires, and it's, it's a 66-year-old grandma who's cutting out coupons with her almost 80-year-old husband who is retired from the U.S. government. So, of course, they're doing relatively well, the government okay. government gets paid real, real nice. Yeah, they're yeah. government employees. and they He's getting a 90% pension every year. That every means year 90% he, of his salary? Yeah, 90% of his salary, he's getting that without working. 
It's not a bad deal. Uh, if you can if get you, it. If you can sell your soul. Yeah. 603-283-6160. Is there more of the propaganda? There is, but it's just more of that. We'll, we'll get to it. Coming up here, it's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Phones are open here if you want to join us in the remaining moments. They're happening now. The number is 603-283-6160. Ian and Aria here tonight, 603-283-6160. We're sharing a propaganda piece from a website called dnyuz.com. We were just doing a little bit of research. Because we've used them before here on the show, but this article is weird, man. There's something that's off about it. Well... What we learned is, number one, I went and I was trying to learn about the site from the site itself. And if you go and, you know, scroll all the way to the bottom of the site, there's on the main page, there's, a there's you know, links to about and advertise. And if you click on that, it just takes you right back to the front, you know, the top of the front page. It goes nowhere. And so I did a little searching and I found a story that alleges that DNYUZ scrapes popular news sites like New York Times and others and takes the content from those sites and just reposts it without without attribution. And so I checked it and that's exactly what they appeared to do. I just checked it with a different story. I didn't have yours in front of me, Aria, so I wasn't able to do a web search and see from where uh, they got that content. But it appears that DNYUZ does not do their own reporting, nor do they give credit to who does the original reporting. But they do. I don't really care about that. I don't believe yeah. in intellectual property anyway. Once you publish something, you are making it public, and you just well. Wanna... I I mean I I agree with you in that technically I don't agree with intellectual property, but I do believe in giving attribution. If somebody makes a thing, I think they should get credit for it. But that's just my opinion. You know, you can do what you want, obviously. But so I would like to know who we can blame for writing this particular story. What's the What's the headline? Uh, uh, that's again. a good question. I just accidentally uh, closed out of it. Now I'm trying to find it in my history, and you know, you know how that is on a mobile browser. Yeah. So your what you were telling us about is a story about Americans just doing great. Everything's totally fine. They're they're rich. They're riding high on uh, all this house money that you know the property values have been going up, and it's it's just a great time for these folks. Uh, while in the same time, there's uh, another story here that I have from RT that Gallup has released a poll. Yours sounds like what most people are actually dealing with on a, a on a day-to-day basis. Now, I don't know too many millionaires who are sitting there retired from their government jobs thinking, you know what, this is all pretty good as they cut out their coupons or whatever before they go to the church on Sundays. But presumably those people do exist. And they're probably doing relatively okay for now. However, the article, which, by the way, did in fact release today, from what we can tell, seems to be running mm. on late information. That They're talking about, you know, stocks are up. Everything's doing great. Oh, have you looked at those numbers lately? Because the stocks aren't doing so great anymore. And it could very well be that these people whose investments made them a millionaire, millionaires just a few weeks ago are now going, oh, my God, we might lose our house. And for those not keeping score, the bank absolutely will come and take their house. It did it before in the 2007 recession. And considering how we're heading into a recession right now, I would not be at all surprised to find out that a year from now, the banks own even more of people's property. 
Well, there's arguments over whether or not uh, we're going into a recession. I'm sure that's a discussion that's going to continue. But uh, it just depends on how you define recession yeah. at this point, I suppose, because, I mean, if you are watching the economy at all, it's pretty obvious the economy's not doing good. More than half of respondents on this Gallup poll that recently was released this week, yesterday, in fact, uh, more than half of respondents, 52 percent in the poll, expressed worries about maintaining their standard of living, a seven point increase over the previous year. The sharpest rise was seen among those concerned about being able to pay their monthly bills with 40% of Americans, an eight-point uptick since 2021 expressing worry over those responsibilities. So I talked earlier tonight that there are people who are just on the, you know, they're just barely making ends meet and having that grocery price go up by 10 or 20% or whatever is, it may be enough to push somebody into the point where they're not being able to pay the power bill. Uh, and now 40% of Americans are saying they are worried about being in that exact situation. I mean, it's rough out there. You know, a, a year ago, my heating oil cost would have been $600 for the same period that I just spent $1,000. And food costs would have been yeah. somewhat decreased or whatever. But now I'm looking at the grocery store. I'm like, you know, we should probably do some actual grocery shopping again because this eating out thing is it's getting expensive. kind of expensive on top of the increase in the electricity bill. Well, and I'll tell you inc- what, going to the grocery store is more expensive now because, and, and that's what everybody's noticing, we like to play a little game, Bonnie and I, when we go to the, the checkouts, like, all right, well, what's the cart going to cost, right? Like, what's the total amount right. going to be? She she makes a prediction, I make a prediction, and I always have to, to raise, like, wh- whenever I look at it and a, a number comes to mind, I always have to just increase that. If I want to have a chance at winning the the contest, and so looking at the bot, looking at the cart, it, we're just a, you know we're a couple. We don't have, we don't buy a whole lot of food, so and right. we're there every week, so we don't we don't load up the cart. But not even covering the whole bottom of the cart, wow, is at least seventy bucks, and just with one layer, you know, one layer of of uh, of groceries. So not not so filling the whole bottom of the cart, it's probably going to be at least a hundred bucks. Uh, to do that, and back in you know a decade ago, a hundred bucks would probably fill up half a cart. Yeah, so, I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, I I recently uh, the breaker flipped, and I had to throw out everything in the fridge, which required Ugh. me to go to the, the. I mean, this was a few months ago, but it yeah. required me to go to the store and you know buy all of that basic mm-hmm. stuff that you you never think to buy, like you know the balsamic Condiments. vinaigrette salad yeah. dressing, that sort of thing that you you don't buy very often. But good lord, it got expensive. It was more fast. than you thought it was going to be. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, it was, that, that was a three four hundred dollar trip to the grocery store, and there wasn't a whole lot of actual food in it. It was right. just the stuff that you combine with food to make a meal. Concern had grown by five points regarding rent and mortgage payments, credit card bills, and retirement savings. Worries occupying the minds of thirty five, twenty two, and sixty three percent of poll respondents, respectively. So, just to recap that, uh, rent and mortgage payments would be thirty five percent of Americans are concerned about that. Credit card bills, twenty two percent. And retirement savings, 63% of Americans are concerned about their retirement savings. The only financial issues that have remained static were those related to medical bills and paying for their children's education. The poll was conducted in the first three weeks of April. 
and uh, that showed Americans' personal estimation of their finances was similarly dismal and revealed their financial self-image is in a downward spiral amid steep concerns about inflation and the cost of energy. However, medical bills and savings remain the chief concerns for most families. Perhaps unsurprisingly, financial worries among the poor have increased more than the rich. Duh. Nearly three in four low-income adults, that is 73%, worry about maintaining their standard of living, which is an increase in of 17 points from last year. So, up a lot. While only 36% of the wealthy share those concerns. Well, I understand why people are worried about savings and, you know, hospital bills and, you know, medical things. Uh, You're guaranteed at some point you're going to have some medical bills, right? It's a guarantee. Yeah, that's just a fact of being a human being. And, you know, if you don't have money put back with which to deal with those things. And a ton of Americans don't. They can be devastating. And people do lose their homes and things like that over medical expenses all the time in the United States. And I I know people like this who have you know there was an unexpected you know cancer or whatever some unexpected surgery that was needed next thing you know that these people who have lived in their home for 25 years this elderly couple they have to move they can't afford it anymore the bank's taking their home or whatever these things happen every single day and now they're just happening to more and more people and they know they're they're watching their their bills get more expensive they're watching their grocery sh- carts get emptier and they know that they're not able to put money back as things are. And they know on an in- instinctual level that it's things, gonna get worse. things are not going to improve. Yeah. That grocery stop is just, it's, it's just going to get more empty. Their bills are just going to get more expensive. And the, their deficit, the amount that they're losing each week or each month or whatever, it's just going it's to shrink. keep getting bigger yep. until they lose everything. They know it's coming. So, of course, they're stressed. But there's nothing to be done about it except stop using the government's money. This is what governments do when they control the money supply. Well, don't worry, Aria. The the, the leakers are saying that the CPI numbers, the government official inflation numbers, are going to go down for the first time in months tomorrow. The announcement's going to come out. It's going to be only 8.1%. So the pressure's off. We can party again. It's all going to be okay, folks. Biden's got inflation under control. That's not going to make those 73% of Americans who are already, you know, stressing no. and worrying about living paycheck to paycheck and not having savings. It's not going to make them feel no, any better. But you better believe Biden and his spokespeople are going to be out on the podiums, patting themselves on the back, talking about how, oh, we're tackling inflation. We're getting it done. They'll be thanking their buddies at the Federal Reserve and yeah, acting like acting like we're going to be on easy street from here on out. Yeah, they're going to be insufferable, aren't they? I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, and again, that's just what they're saying. We'll, we'll get the official numbers tomorrow and talk to you about it then. In the meantime, you can join us uh, between now and then online. And maybe we'll get into what happened in, uh, in China, the latest on uh, what's happening there with the insane lockdowns that have been going on. Because that's something we've been following as, as close as people can follow it who aren't actually in the midst of it. So that might happen tomorrow, too. But certainly we'll talk to you then online in the meantime, freetalklive.com.